You're listening to The Wedding Whisperer with Sarah Burton of Simply Love Studio in Lexington, Kentucky. I'm sure by now that you have listened to last week's podcast from Dr. Rebecca Skilgen chatting about her wedding from exactly one year ago. And it was originally supposed to be one podcast of talking about her wedding and then talking about her job as a chiropractor. But we had so much we wanted to talk about on her wedding, we ended up breaking it into two parts. Although chiropractic care does not have anything to do directly with weddings, maybe you're, you've are you been a little bit more stressed than normal during the wedding planning process. Maybe you're not sleeping as well at night. Maybe you've had some headaches. Maybe you just have some random aches and pains that you haven't had before from that stress. So we're going to talk a little bit about that today and what a chiropractor can do to help your body. So Dr. Skilgen, tell me a little bit about how you ended up here in Lexington at Arena Chiropractic. I came to Arena after shadowing the clinic, visiting with the doctors, and for chiropractors, a lot of the time you're very fortunate to find a boss or a coworker who treats and has similar ideologies as you do. Um, and I found that at Arena Chiropractic. Also, I was um, working in the NCAA with a, a couple different colleges, and Dr. Arena um, works with the University of Kentucky, and I myself also work with a lot of the athletes at University of Kentucky. We used to travel with them, and after COVID, we kind of stopped doing that just because safety reasons, and then um, logistically speaking, it actually made more sense for the athletes just to come to us instead of us going with them uh, to certain places. Every now and then we are still invited. It just depends on how it works. We actually do a lot of traveling events also for professional sports and athletes, but um, it just depends on our schedule and if it's logistically possible. So those opportunities also were a big reason as to as to why I came. It's, you know, it's a lot of work and it's a lot of long weekends, but it's uh, it's it's hard on your body sometimes too, but it's always worth it. And it's just at the end of the day, if you don't have fun at your job, what's the point of doing your job? 100 mm-hmm. percent. Um, so give me a quick rundown about your education and what it takes to be a chiropractor. It's pretty simple, actually. Uh, I'm just kidding. I was going to say, no, no it's not. <laughs> <laughs> no. So um, honestly, there's a couple different routes that you can take as a chiropractor. Right now, there's a big split in the community. Personally, I feel like there's like the old school chiropractic, which is more adjustment based. Um, And then there's new age, new school, which is more biomechanical, whole body care based, a lot of soft tissue, rehabilitative exercise, physical therapy, decompression. Yeah, 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 yeah. Along with adjustments, too, obviously, because that's the foundation of chiropractic care. Personally, I have a uh, bachelor's of science in exercise physiology and a dual degree in nutrition. I have an art minor too, but that was an accident and it's completely <laughs> useless. So I digress. Um, so you do have to apply to college to your grad school, your doctorate of chiropractic school. Personally, I went to Logan University. Dr. Rena went to the New York College of Chiropractic. You most times need a physical degree. Some chiropractic programs have a BS program attached to it. And you can do a three plus one program where you do three years at a traditional university and then you enter the chiropractic university and you dual degree. So you'll earn with the basic sciences that you do in chiropractic school, your BS of life sciences or um, science um, education. And uh, you'll graduate after, you know, three and a half grueling years uh, with your doctorate. Um, Now, personally, I did sports medicine uh, along with, so I actually have a master's of sports medicine and rehabilitation as well as my doctorate of chiropractic. And then I did a two-year residency in the sports medicine clinic where I 
ran uh, two, three different clinics, uh, taught interns. I also taught a couple classes and then was uh, completely and fully immersed and did research and uh, poster presentations, uh, research papers, academia, um, whilst doing my residency. So how many years were you in college? I went to a four-year college at the University of Missouri, and then it is three and a half years at Logan University. So if somebody is listening and everything that you just said sounds like a foreign language to them, (laughs) tell them what a chiropractor is. A chiropractor is a manual therapist doctor. So we treat mostly um, orthopedic pain and dysfunction. Uh, a lot of people think we can only treat spinally. Um, we treat uh, extremities as well. So legs, knees, ankles, toes. I have somebody who comes in purely for me to treat their hands and wrists. So I don't actually necessarily always need to adjust their spine. Everybody likes to tune up every now and then. So it's about making sure that your pain isn't biomechanical based. If it is pathology-based, meaning you have a disease or something else causing this issue that's internal, we we cannot treat that. Sometimes we can make you a little bit more comfortable. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that comfort's going to last a lifetime. Co-treating and integrative medicine is extremely important, um, especially in our healthcare field. So I come from a small town where... From my understanding, I didn't know this at the time, we actually had a chiropractor in my town growing up, um, and I think he practiced out of his home, or it was an office that looked like a home. Um, He was, I would say, elderly when I was a child, Um, (laughs) and so it was nothing that I ever knew about. I didn't know it existed, and um, I was a freshman in college, and I was working at Cracker Barrel um, on the weekends, and... I had headaches, like they're hereditary in my family and they're often debilitating. And so one of the other people I was working with was like, oh, have you ever been to a chiropractor? And I was like, no, what's a chiropractor? (laughs) Um, And so it started from there and I started going and I was like, well, it helped this and I don't have to take medicine for my acid reflux anymore because apparently it's helped that. And so I have been going for... Close to 18, 19, 20 years now. I I can't math right now. Um, (laughs) But I have been going quite some time. I am very religious about it. Um, It's one of the things that in my self-care routine that I do not skip. Um, And I can tell if I haven't been in a bit because I start getting grumpy. Um, I can tell (laughs) in my mood and everything. And so I think it's pretty impressive in what you do and I think it's something that had I have known this existed earlier in my life that I think it's something that I could have been interested in professionally because I think it's so fascinating at what at what you can do so headaches and migraines are an interesting paradigm in the healthcare field in general sometimes headaches are hormone related sometimes they can be what's called cervicogenic cervicogenic means cervical is of the neck so if they are cervicogenic meaning that like tension in the neck as well as you know malalignment um, is the main issue then chiropractic absolutely can help you. I always tell people it depends. If you know the absolute source of your headaches, it really does depend. Um, If you have chronic onset migraines, um, again, maybe we can make you more comfortable, but that is a neurological disease, in which case your brain is unfortunately telling you something's wrong, even if there might not be something truly wrong in the body. And it's presenting as, unfortunately, sometimes debilitating pain. 
we're not going to cure those by any means. It's one of those where, again, we can probably make you more comfortable, but it, it's, you know, sometimes it's better than living off painkillers for the rest of your life. However, there are some things like cluster headaches. If there is like intracranial pressure, like I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that's something chiropractors can help with. One of the things that new, new age chiropractors, as well as our office pride ourselves on is we are scientific method based. So we only treat with research and proven treatments and skills and practices um, in our in our clinic. Um, we're not going to sit here and say, oh, well, if I just adjust your 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 left pinky, the you know that'll take the pressure off because this nerve root is it's not it's not how it works. Um, you do have to look at the body as a whole, you know, and you know there's a fun saying that we have in chiropractic and especially in our clinic and it's where it is and ain't. And um, what that means is, is sometimes you have pain presenting in one part of your body, but it's actually being driven from another part of your body. So we do look at above and below the area and sometimes even side to side to the area. But um, we are, we are highly research based. Um, If it, if it's not, you know, proven has actual scientific facts associated with it we're not going to sit here and pull your leg well we'll pull your legs because that's how you adjust the hips but (laughs) we're not going to sit here and and there are plenty of patients that i've told straight up like look i don't think this is the best place for you i don't new patients even that are having a consult i don't think there's anything that we can do to help with this if you want to try i'm willing to but if you're not better in two to three visits um we will be referring out because i i don't want to waste your time here or and worse make you think that i'm I'm treating something that I have no business treating. Um, so, and sometimes if people just even text us on the phone or call us and they just want to help understand what we're going to do, we're always happy to spare, you know, 10, 20 minutes. I don't mind using my lunch break to shoot a text message. It's a text message. It's fine. Your phone's in your hand anyway. Your phone's in your hand anyways. Yeah. And that is one of the cool things I think about our office is that we do utilize a phone, uh, a cell phone. Um, so if you just want to let us know something quick to put in your file, if you want to take a picture of your insurance card and send it to us, if you want to take a picture of you doing the exercises that we taught you and just be like, hey, is this is this correct? Because you don't have time to come in. Um, it's it's something that we not only like offer, we encourage people to do it. Um, there's no point in giving it to you if you're not going to utilize it. And there's no point in doing it if it's not going to help. So what are probably the most common things you treat in your office? So it's always funny because some people, pain comes seasonally. Um, and I know that sounds really funny, but we do, when you get congested, you do tend to get a lot of neck and and head pain. Um, so during allergy season, we have a lot of necks and upper backs. We have lower backs that come right when the weather gets really bad because people are like snow shoveling or worse, just waking up really stiff and achy because of the cold weather. And then on the flip side of that, when the weather starts getting nice, we have people that are like, Oh, I'm going to mow the lawn and then do CrossFit. And I'm like, Oh, that sucks. (laughs) it's just really interesting so sometimes we have seasonal pain and right now we treat quite a plethora of of different uh, ailments um, and injuries Uh, we work in a very high athletic population we treat a lot of power lifters a lot of strongman and a lot of the bodybuilders and so sometimes it's seasonal based on that. Like I know powerlifting competitions are starting up. I know nationals are coming. Um, everybody's working their bodies to the bone. So I know we're going to start seeing those little aches and pains. So we kind of got to be on our toes because 
is this an ache or is this an injury that's starting to develop to develop gradually over time? So that's also a big part of it is getting maintenance. If you do have issues in the past, be, hey, I want to get this checked out. Okay. You get on the table. Sometimes people come in and they're limping and I'm like, how did that happen? And they're like, well, I tried this new thing. So um, I told somebody once, I go, they somebody asked me actually one of my old interns isn't that just so annoying and I go no because people have the confidence to go out and try new things because they know they're going to get taken care of and even if I can't treat it at least they're going to know where they're supposed to go after because you don't know if you're supposed to go to the ER if you're supposed to go to your general primary or if you can go to urgent care and so sometimes just having somebody available to direct you where you're supposed to go is also nice. Um, I mean, I've referred out to physical therapists. I'm like, hey, this is something, like you need to be doing this three times a week and you're not doing it. So let's go pop in to, you know, court. Let's see what's going on. See if they can get, take you on for a couple weeks and just like, you know, accountability. Um, and then also just the confidence of having somebody tell you what you're supposed to do and, you know, watching you and having a, a space where you go and dedicate your time to that. That's nice. I'm sitting here thinking about, so I originally started seeing a chiropractor um, for my headaches. And then um, over time, I feel like we literally do head to toe when I'm in there. Sometimes, yeah. Um, so your office offers dry needling now, yes. which is like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> I actually get my sinuses dry needled a lot now. I actually have a little bruise from it because it was so tragic the last time just my sinuses not the actual dry needling part because my sinuses and allergies are terrible Mm -hmm. um and so dr rena and i always talk about how many people have been in that week for that and um i had a knee injury probably five or six years ago um and so i worked with him a lot on that i did dry needling with you Mm -hmm. on that um he put a lot of rock tape on me i think that's what it's called yeah he used rock tape Um, and that was a game changer Mm -hmm. um and so it's always interesting you know to see like how you improve over time and he's worked on my carpal tunnel from where i hold my phone all day long and (laughs) it's amazing the things that you really can do yeah um, so saying all of that, I also, because I talk about chiropractic, my phone hears that. And so my TikTok will bring up chiropractic um, a lot as well. Okay. Um, and so debunk some of the biggest myths that you hear about chiropractic. One of the biggest ones that I hear is once you start getting adjusted, you absolutely have to keep getting adjusted because your body will never be the same. And what I tell people is, is no. And a lot of that is... I I explain to people, I go, your body, you understand what it's like to not feel right. And your protective mechanism is to fix that. So your body wants to be correct and to feel good. It wants to hit that little dopamine button. And I, I challenge them with, okay, well, the first time you, you know, started, you know, drinking soda, um, you started you know, you were like, oh, soda tastes good. I'm not saying it's addictive, but I'm just saying like when you when you like something, you tend to, to search for it again. Just like, you know, ibuprofen helps when you have a little ache and pain. So the first thing you do when you have a little ache and pain sometimes is reach for the ibuprofen. It's ingrained in us to recognize things that feel good. Um, and a lot of that research actually comes from pediatric chiropractic. So I work a lot with little kids. I, look, I work a lot with pre and postnatal women. Um, and I have so many memories of these 
little kids that come in, I do a lot with uh, lip and tongue ties and also colicky babies. Um, so they get their sacrums adjusted because also when your toddler starts walking, they fall on their butt a lot. So we just check their hips. We make sure everything's good, get them in alignment. And it's so funny to watch these little toddlers come in, see me, get excited. And then I kid you not, bolt from my table, lay face down and go, ah. <sighs> as they just like kind of like jokingly lay on the table, but they, they lay in the position, they know what they're supposed to do and they can't even give me a full sentence, but they understand that this feels good. And one of my favorite things to do is actually a co-treatment um, with infants. Um, and that's when the infant lays on top of mom or dad. And I'm like, all right, so we're going to do this and they're going to relax into you. And they're like, she just melted into me. I go, yeah, it's like, feels good <laughs> and it's really funny because uh, I've had a couple parents that tell me like my kids sleep so good after they see you my kids so happy and energetic and running around after they see you and I was like yeah that not everybody tells us when their body doesn't feel good but I mean they're we, we we can see it in different ways so it's it's one of those things where your body's just telling you it doesn't feel good and now you know something that makes it feel good so that's what you do for it kind of it's like you know when you're two and a band-aid makes everything better um, it's the same reason why like as soon as you feel like your fingers catch your first instinct is to pop them chiropractic's been around you know, tails all this time it just hasn't been as is recognized as a medical profession i mean it goes back actually all the way to eastern medicine and um i always tell people eastern medicine is the great white shark of the medical field like we haven't changed acupuncture in almost ten thousand years because it's it's correct and acupuncture actually has some of the most medical research done on it and it, it's something that just works really well. It doesn't work for everybody, but you know, neither does ibuprofen. So some people benefit from it greatly. Some people don't, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, if, if you don't like getting adjusted, that's fine. I, there several patients I treat, we do soft tissues and light mobilization and then rehab and that works for them. They don't, they don't necessarily enjoy it. So what's the point of fighting something? It's just going to make everything worse up the chain. So that's another myth is not all chiropractors absolutely have to adjust your spine. I, I think that is just being an adult in healthcare is, hey, not everybody is going to need what I do and maybe not everybody's going to like what I do, but there are a lot of people you know, sometimes you don't, you don't always need to adjust a patient to make them feel better. And if you are in super, super acute pain, sometimes I don't adjust you. I do dry needling. I do e-stem. We have a class four laser in our clinic now too, which helps cellular excitation. So it helps heal injuries on a quicker timeline, um, small ones like sprain strains, um, things like that. So I'll, I'll use what we call palliative care and then I'll be like, hey, you need to go to your primary to urgent care. You need to get this looked at. Let's get you some medication to make you feel better. And then let's see you in a week when everything's calmed down a little bit. Because if I try to lay you on, if I try to lay somebody on their side that's refusing to move or so stiff or even just touching them is uncomfortable, I'm not going to force it because I'm not going to do anything helpful at that point. So a lot of it is understanding where your patient at is at. Um, and one thing that I actually told a couple interns when um, I was speaking to an old club that I used to moderate when I was a resident and was the president of when I was a student there at Logan University. And they asked me, what do you think makes a chiropractor most successful? And I told them, to be totally honest with you, um, our our own egos do tend to get in the way sometimes. And that's every healthcare provider. Everybody wants to be the person that fixes it. Everybody, every, every chiropractor at their heart is an A-type personality. They want to put the missing piece in the puzzle that gets the patient from A to B. 
And I think that's something beautiful about the profession. I think all manual therapists feel that way. I think I can say that about massage, licensed massage therapists. I can say that about physical therapists. I can say that about DOs and, and OTs for sure. And a lot of it is because we have to have so much more aggressive communication with our patient that there's a level of trust that has to be there. Um, as well as the fact that you have to essentially give us control of your body for us to treat you. Everyone does in a manual therapy world. I told them, so to be totally honest with you, if you understand your patient and you know their pain scale and you know they're not one to exaggerate and your pain scale is your pain scale. If you tell me that you are an eight out of 10, I'm going to believe you because that is, those are your words, not mine. And that is your right as a patient to be heard, that that is your pain and I'm going to believe you. But if I am not emergency healthcare. I'm just not. Now, you can have chiropractic emergencies, meaning I know what this is. This happens all the time. Um, I have a splitting headache. I'm crying. I know this is going to help. Um, if you've acutely injured yourself and you are at the absolute worst pain in your life, a 10 out of 10, I am not the first person that you were supposed to call. I would like to know what's going on if you're a previous patient of mine, because I would like to be your aftercare. But I mean, there are plenty of times where patients will call and be like, this is what's going on. And I'm scared. I'm like, we should go to the hospital. And I go, and let me know what's going on. Tell them this is what you're treated for. Tell them it feels similar, but aggressively worse. Let them know what's going on. And then let me know if you need me. Um, but I tell them if you're, if you have a new patient that you've never seen before and they can barely walk into your clinic and they need help getting in and out of the car, which isn't their fault. And I go, and this is very cute. They're like, this came on so suddenly. Like, this hasn't been building. I haven't been living with this. It wasn't like a two, six months ago. And then every month, it just gets a little worse. You, they they need to be in an emergency care provider's care, not yours. You are not an ambulance. And don't be. Don't be an ambulance. Because you cannot help people the way that we need to help people in that state. And one thing that I tell people is, is we are not an office that wants to see you three times a week for three weeks and then once a week for the rest of your life. Our running joke is I don't actually want patients. I want to teach you how to get better and then hopefully never see you again. Health literacy is something that I feel like America just greatly needs. And I don't mean, oh, you're illiterate. I mean, you you don't know where to go for your pain um, because you've not been taught this. And um, you you sometimes prefer to go to a chiropractor over the emergency room because I get it. We're $1,000 cheaper. I understand. My first ever experience with that, and I did not understand how privileged I was growing up, was when I was doing a ride along in an ambulance and there was a woman who had broken her leg in three different places and refused the ambulance because she was so scared she wasn't going to be able to afford it. She actually, and what kills me is, is the paramedics cannot place you in a car that is not the ambulance. So she had her son pick her up and place her in the back of a truck. And we drove behind that. We drove in front of them. We gave them an escort to the hospital and then got her out. We got the gurney and we got her out because the ambulance ride is sometimes $5,000 in America. And that was one thing that I was like, wow, I don't want to be in a hospital because I don't know if I can ever see something like that again. But understanding your place and where you fall on the totem pole, I think, is really, really important. It's just one of those things where um, I think also debunking that for some chiropractors um, and I might get a lot of heat for saying that but like you are not the first line of defense sometimes there are some things where you are but you are not always everyone's first line of defense and understanding that actually keeps your patient safer it's more expensive in the long run but 
it's one of the, for your patient. And that sucks because I'm somebody who grew up very financially conscious. I'm still extremely frugal, but like this is part of it. Like, and I get it and I understand it. But um, I think that's also a big myth that we have to debunk for some of some of these chiropractors is you are not going to sit here and cure people's cancer. You are not going to sit here and fix everything. And I go, and that sucks. And I feel sorry. And I feel sorry about that too. Cause I want to fix everything also. But um, just understanding that there are some things that are just outside your scope and that's fine. Focus on your scope and be the absolute best that you can inside your scope. And you are still a good doctor. And one of the things that I like about Arena Chiropractic that I have not experienced with my previous chiropractic offices before moving to Lexington um, is that you offer rehab yes. after your appointment with the mm -hmm. doctor. So typically, um, if you are just starting to see a chiropractor there um, and you have random I guess, aches and pains. I don't know what your terms are for them. <laughs> that's, uh, that's the normal person term. Um, and so um, you sometimes now, like, I'll need like one random stretch or something. So Dr. Arena will walk with me, you know, through it during our appointment. But mm -hmm. in the beginning, it would be I would go back to the rehab person mm -hmm. and they would walk me through some stretches. Um, you would do them there so that they can see that you're doing them correctly. And then mm -hmm. you get like a printout mm -hmm. of how to do them at home. Yes. Um, and I think the C stretch is probably one that I still do. Um, and there's like one that you do in the door frame just to kind of the pec stretch. Yep. Yeah. The pec stretch. Yep. Just to open everything up. And mm -hmm. sometimes I'll be staying in the kitchen where I used to always do those. It's like today looks like a good day to do a C stretch because I know it's going to feel good when I Feeling do it. it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then you also offer uh, massage therapy in your yes. office. We have two massage therapists in our office. And that's just because, again, sometimes it's not. A, a spinal or joint issue. Sometimes you are just tight and sometimes, you, okay, so I'm not going to lie to you. Our soft tissue is not nice tissue. Um, I was like, we really shouldn't call it soft tissue. We should call it like mean tissue. It's very, it's very illy named. But um, so my job is to get the muscles relaxed enough to where I can adjust you comfortably. And I'm not going to lie. Sometimes it's hard, fast and loose. No, I'm kidding. Um, but it is a lot of pressure sometimes. And some people don't like it and some people aren't used to it. So if you're somebody that is chronically tight and you are having a lot of issues, go let Della or Joanna be super nice to you for, you know, 30 uh, 60, 90 minutes, then come see me. That's fine. But like, if you got tight hips, I'm going to untighten them, but I'm going to do it in 10 minutes instead of 30. And sometimes you, sometimes people tell me they want to punch me in the face and I get it. There are all a lot it. of times that I want to punch Dr. <laughs> Rita in the face and I will tell him we're no longer friends after our appointments too. So I love it. Um, I tell people all the time. I was like, I understand things happen. I go, you are, you are not allowed to hit me cause I'll hit you back. No. I'm and I always tell them I'm kidding. And I always explain that I was like, I have squeezy toys. Please do not grab me. Um, it has happened before. I've had my calves grabbed because they're little, just like out of instinct. Yeah, and it is. And I love it when everybody's just like, oh, oh sorry, sorry. Oh, oh, oh. It's just so funny to me. But I always tell them, I was like, I always warn people. I was like, sometimes your first instinct is to grab me. If you have to grab my wrist, I totally understand. I go, please try not to aim for anywhere else. I Because sometimes I'll drop you and I'll just instinct go, Whoa! nope, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no touchy. No, yeah. I'm kidding. Um, but I, I, we do personally, I, I feel like, uh, explain everything that's going to happen to you, kind of what to expect. Um, I even like point on myself sometimes areas I'm going to work on and then I'll, I'll lightly touch you and I'm like, I'm going to go a lot deeper than this. 
we do utilize a lot of soft tissue in the office. Um, our massage therapists are wonderful. Um, they are all classically trained. They all have their degrees. So they are true licensed massage therapists. But their soft tissue is a lot different than the soft tissue you're going to get in the room. Um, Dr. Arena and I utilize a lot of active release therapy or ART, which is deep pressures um, with quick bursts of time um, to confuse the muscle and get it to lay down. Um, so I always tell people it's not going to be fun. We're not going to be friends for a minute. Um, but I promise I will make it up to you. <laughs> um, it's not going to feel good while I'm doing it, but you're going to feel good while I'm done, that kind of stuff. So our massage therapist, you can see them in... Um, um, 30 minute, 60 minute, and 90 minute increments. Um, Della also does chair massage and you can get as short as like 10 minutes if you just want like a quick once over with that. A lot of people that actually go, they always ask me what's better to get the massage first or the adjustment first. I always tell them get the massage first. And then I, if there's something that I'm seeing while I'm, you know, adjusting you, I'll take care of it. But then you're on the table, you're nice and loose. You don't have to put up with my demon hands or Dr. Arena's elbows. And too, I think talking about like the massage care, that is something, at least for me, that I was very consistent with um, pre-pandemic. And then when we had to stop for a while and we didn't get to do those things, mm -hmm. I never went back to that consistently. Yeah. Um, and so I do think that is something that more people are starting to get back into the routine of doing um, and taking care of ourselves again. I feel very strongly about licensed massage therapy care um, because it really frustrates me that it's not seen as healthcare. I think it's still kind of seen as like, oh, treat yourself. And I'm guilty of thinking that way too. It's like, I don't need a massage right now. I just want one. And then you're like, oh, wow, it's been like seven months and I haven't gotten any consistent care. Um, I think because... We are finally, I'm hoping that's changing soon because now we have started adding medical massage and it's actually at the University of Kentucky Hospital that they offer medical massage where it's actually um, prescribed by doctors inside the hospital, which is fantastic. That's incredible. But I feel like we're slowly, but most insurances don't cover massage. Yeah. Even if you have chronic disabilities that cause like I, cerebral palsy patients should have access to massage therapy. It's just one of those things where it's, it's it's one of the only things it's not gonna it's not going to consistently help them, but nothing does. It's a genetic disease, and it's very unfortunate. But it is one of those things where I think it is starting to be recognized as an actual medical treatment, which I think is important. The only time I've ever actually seen insurance pay for a massage is when it's a personal injury case, and we have a diagnosed whiplash or sprain strain, um, and that's great. But at the same time, though, sometimes like if you get um, a, a massage with on your PI case and you get adjusted the same day and I do a little bit of soft tissue, I legally am not allowed to build that soft tissue, which is fine because it got like done. But at the same time, it's it's one of those where it's such an unfortunate level of just disregard for uh, technique and, and and they're still doing research and growing these techniques there's new things coming out all the time and we have a fantastic massage school in lexington mm -hmm. lexington healing arts and i actually tell people all the time they're like i just can't afford it right now i go go to the school i go you will be worked on by a student and i go but at the same time i think people especially because i came from a learning clinic like i taught in a clinic where the public had to come to the school and be adjusted um they can't get any better when they're licensed if they don't practice. And 
you get a lot of extra time because those students do have to go slower and you get a lot more hands-on attention. And I used to tell people all the time because they were like, well, why would I go to Logan University's Human Performance Center over going to like Dr. XYZ down the street? And I go, well, if Dr. XYZ is really good, like go to Dr. XYZ, I don't blame you. I go, however, if you're trying to kind of figure out what you like in your treatments or if it's not working with Dr. XYZ, it's not getting any better and you just want to try something new, the individualized attention you actually get from going to a learning facility is next to none because sometimes you have two interns working on you because one is learning and one is participating as your interim intern. And then you have a doctor literally over their shoulder 24 seven being like, that's good. A little bit more, try that. And then they're asking you questions. And then, you know, as the doctor and the experienced one, I'm like, hold on. Well, you said this, what about that? Okay. So that's why we're going to make note of that. And then we're going to do this next time. Or, Hey, we have a little extra time or I'll even ask, I'll be like, does that still not feel right? And they're like, no, something's off. And I go, okay, well, why don't we have a break? I go, intern A, why don't you go take your next patient and get started on their history? Intern B, swap in because you've been here the whole time. What would you do next? And so that was always a really big important thing to me that I kind of carried into being an outpatient doctor in um, private practice was I don't let you leave the room unless if it doesn't feel right. And I'm not saying that I'm kidnapping you, but if you get up, walk around and I see your face and you're not happy, the amount of people who are new patients who I've been like, is that still not right? And they're like, no, it feels better. And I go, but what is still wrong? And they're like, don't worry about it. And I go, you're here to feel better better you're here to actually get this fixed like well my old chiropractor would say it just needed to settle or something or honestly like it just wasn't really a big deal they'd be like yeah be like that sometimes and i'm not saying all chiropractors do this and i'm like well i still have an extra five minutes with you lay back down let me double check something and i'll be like oh there's a tight muscle over here that was hiding because when we fixed all this on the left side it then you know it had room in the body to show me I don't have x-ray vision. I have to touch you. Um, and then repalpating. And I was like, oh, look at this. This is a little area that was just hiding over here. And then we fix it. And I was like, oh, wow, that's so much better. I go, great. Don't leave the room. <laughs> because go, as women, that's we, we just we just want we want it to be done. Yeah. We don't want to tell somebody it's not correct it's or like, no, it's, it's not fine. 100% complete. It's fine. This it's isn't fine. what I ordered, but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. No. And, well, even men, actually, sometimes they're like, I mean, that's that's okay. I mean, yeah, it's better. And I go, well, talk to me. What's still wrong? And they're like, well, it's just a little pinchy now. And I go, okay, we'll lay back down. And the amount of times somebody's like, seriously? And I go, yeah, I have, I go, we have time. Or like, I, oh God, I have the sweetest old woman that I treat and I love her so much. And she had an incident trying to transfer her husband because she is his primary caretaker um, now that he has Parkinson's and she hurt herself and she came in and I had her for a 15 minute time slot and I said okay hold on for a second and I actually went out and I asked my other patient I was like hey I have an emergency in the room are you comfortable waiting and they said I actually have to leave really quick. And I go, okay, hold on. And I came back and I go, just relax for me, babe. I'm going to be right back. I treated that patient in a different room because I knew it was only going to take about 10, 15 minutes. Let them go, came back. And then I had 30 minutes to spend with her instead. And so she was like, I'm so sorry. I'm messing up your whole day. And I'm like, no, I'm messing up my day. And I go, I don't have to treat you. And I go, I want to. And I told her straight up, I was like, I am messing up my own day. You are doing nothing wrong. You are here. And I feel so bad. Every now and then you do get a patient that's upset that I'm running behind. And I do feel awful about that. Um, but I always try to explain to them. I go, if anything were to happen to you, 
you would get that courtesy of an extended appointment because it's important to me that you don't leave here feeling like you weren't given the attention that you deserved or for lack of a better term, excuse me, like that I half asked it. Yeah. That's just not acceptable. Um, people are entrusting us with their care. Um, it's something that I feel very strongly about. I've been dismissed by doctors. I told myself when I took my Hippocratic Oath, I would not be a dismissive person. And I feel really guilty sometimes as a doctor when I'm like, I wonder if she really hurts that bad. Or I wonder if he's exaggerating it because he wanted to. And I go, you know what? Nope. And everybody's guilty of a, a, a bad thought. And one thing that somebody always told me is your first knee-jerk reaction sometimes is what you're conditioned to think. And your second reaction to that reaction is actually how you truly feel about the situation. So I try to give myself a little bit of a break every now and then. But um, it's one of those things where I I remember telling a patient one time um, who was breaking down on my table because she like was very confused. She didn't, and I told her, I was like, I believe your pain is real. And she just lost it. She was like, no one has ever given me that kind of just like reassurance that I'm not crazy. I've had, I've had doctors roll their eyes at me. And it's just, it's, it really frustrates you. And I'm not saying I'm the best doctor. My bedside care is amazing. I'm just saying I'm trying really hard not to be a dick. <laughs> And I feel like our clinic does a really, really good job about that. Um, now, I will not coddle you. I will not be like, oh, that's okay. I'll be like, hey, we really need to do this today. And I go, and if we're not doing it today, we got to do it next time. So let me know what you want to do. Because at the end of the day, I everybody needs a little tough love sometimes. Thankfully, there aren't a whole lot of patients. Some patients want that push, and I think it's adorable. <laughs> They're like, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's go. Um but it is, I'm always happy to send stretches home with you if you don't want to be there back in rehab. I'm always happy to, you know, if you guys text the office and you're like, hey, something doesn't feel right, but I, you're, you're not available until next week. And I'm, okay, we'll try this instead. And I'll take a picture of something or I'll do a quick video for them. Uh, so many times people are like, am I, am I making you late? And I go, no, I'm making me late. I am choosing to do this. And I, I literally, I always ask them the movie theater question. I go, I have a question. If you went to a movie and you read online that it was only like an hour, but it turns out it's an hour and a half, would you leave the movie early? And I was like, no, you wouldn't. You'd wait till it was done. And I go on the flip side of that. And I go, if you bought a ticket to a movie theater and it started at one and you got there at one thirty, would you ask them to restart the movie or would you just accept the fact that you're going to have a shortened appointment because of it? And I go, yeah, so don't have higher expectations for your doctor than you do a movie theater, please. Like I try very hard to be respectful of everybody's time and I try, I'm not sitting back there having dilly dally conversations. I promise like, and people have laughed because we literally run up and down our hallway because we are in a new facility. It's gorgeous. And we have a very long hallway because we have a couple different treat rooms now and everything's just spread out a little bit more. And it's great. We are literally jogging around our gym like sometimes i will go to the bathroom and i will literally run back into the waiting room and they're like oh you're on it today doc and i'm like oh yeah let's go and then i'm like okay close the door hi how are you what's going on today but in between it's like boo, 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 boo. um because we do value your time um, and every now and we really love patients that understand like, hey, every now and then you're going to come and you're going to wait a little bit. And we're sorry about that. But at the same time, though, like I, I, 
if you're in if you're in serious pain and it's hard for you to get off the table, I'm not going to rush you off the table ever. That's just not anything that I'll ever do. So I kind of got a little spoiled when I was in a learning clinic because I had the availability and the opportunity to kind of extend those times. But at the same time, though, I feel like that's something that actually made me a, a, a more conscientious, conscientious provider in the sense that if something still hurts like that, okay, they came here for this. We're not just going to be like, that sucks. I said, um, and I, I, that's something that, and even Dr. Arena is in the same boat with me as that. Cause it's something I was really concerned about when I started practicing and he has helped me transition into private practice like five years ago now. And, uh, it's, it's just, it's the way we work. If you're not feeling right, we're going to do everything we can to make you feel better. And even if that means having to extend your time just a little bit and making us late for the rest of the day. So to find out more about Arena Chiropractic, um, your website is wellnesswithapurpose? Yep, .com. And uh, you can actually, all of our contact info is on our Instagram page. And you can always call or text if you want more information as well. And then if you're also um, a dog person, um, there are occasionally dogs in the office as well. Um, everybody there has dogs. Yeah, we have a golden retriever, a white boxer, a very large blue French bulldog, a very tiny toy Aussie Shepherd and a medium-sized, regular-sized uh, French Bulldog that sometimes make their rounds. <laughs> and then sometimes um, patients will also bring their dogs in. Yes. Um, if you have an emotional support animal or a service animal, you are always welcome to bring your dog in. All we ask is that you clear it with us first because sometimes we have... You know, another patient's dog is in and waiting with them. Um, and I mean, we're all bleeding hearts at the end of the day and we're all dog people and I want to love on your baby as much as you do. So um, we actually had uh, a patient bring their dog, uh, Henry, in today. He is a massive doodle and he is the funniest. He's a, I think he's a, he's a labradoodle. Yeah. He, he looks like a giraffe. He is so funny and he is all puppy and he is so hyper. So that was one where he was the last patient of the day, had him in his truck, brought him in. We let him run around a little bit, but we love it. We love it when we get to visit with your dogs. And if we have time, I promise I will not put myself behind schedule because I'm playing with your dog. We, we do actually love it when you guys bring your dogs and we get to, to hang out with them a little bit. Um, we just ask that you please let us know that they're coming because um, unfortunately we are not a doggy daycare, um, which sucks, but <laughs> would love to add that service one day. I mean, you really should at this point I since know. everybody sends their, their dogs to daycare sometimes. But thank you so much for chatting with me today. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. For more information about Simply Love Studio or to schedule your wedding consultation, go to simplylovestudio.com.